There are inescapable cravings in the core of every human heart that cannot be ignored, denied, or pacified. They must be satisfied. The seven longings of the human heart. So good morning. Good to see y'all. So there are these longings that each of us have deep within us, and, and we started this series last week. And what I said several times, and I'll say again today, is that, that as we go through this series, The Seven Longings of the Human Heart, what we firmly believe is that God has put these longings inside of us. They weren't just some longings that, that we woke up one day or we kind of grew up and started thinking about life and everything. We said, oh, this is what I'm going to long for. This is what I'm going to be passionate about. This is what I'm going to uh, crave in my life. No, we believe that these longings were God-given And last week we talked about the longing to be loved by God. And today we're going to talk about the longing to be fascinated by him. C.S. Lewis said this, Most people, if they really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that what they, would know that they do want and want acutely something that cannot be had in this world. They would know acutely there's something they want and it can't be had in this world. He goes on to say, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. So in every human heart, there's this longing for fascination. And you know, you think about it, you really start to see it even in the smallest of children. You can see how they are fascinated by things. You know, as, as like infants, what's that color red they're just drawn to? Or ceiling fan. Mallory had Mr. Fan. And Mr. Fan would spin around for Mallory and he would talk to her and she would be mesmerized and amazed with Mr. Fan. Have you ever watched like a 12, 18 month old kid, someone who's starting to get some little motor skills going? And maybe from across the room you see them and they are just, they are mesmerized. I mean, just laser focused and mesmerized looking at their finger. You know, and you're like, what, what's going on? They're just like in it. They're, nothing is going to distract them. And then you get up closer and you realize that they are just laser focused on a booger. It's just, and then you watch them. And they get closer and closer and then you, yeah. Just that intensity. We were created to be fascinated. We were created, this is a longing that God put in our hearts. And, and, and God has designed us with this fascination. And, and I believe that he offers himself. I said this last week. You'll hear it every single week. That God is the only one who can truly satisfy these longings. And so we're going to meet these, these longings. We're going in our, in our nature, we are, we are desiring to have these longings satisfied. And so either legitimately through God or illegitimately through anything else, we will try to, to satisfy those longings. But God is the one who's given us these, and he's the one who can truly satisfy. And, and, and fortunately for many of us, what we try to do is we try to satisfy this longing. We try to satisfy this longing in so many different ways, and so, by so many different means, to satisfy this longing for fascination. And we're left empty. To the point that I think there's this great danger that we all face. 
Um, and some of us, it's not a danger that could happen. I think most of us are in it right now. We're treading in it. We're maybe drowning in this, this danger of actually being bored with God. Bored with God. Bored with the things of God. Bored with the promises of God. Bored with, with, the, with the greatness of who he is. We're bored with it. And I want to show you just a, a quick example of what it's like for us to be bored with the things of God. Let's watch this together. Okay, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Where's Edna? She's in the car. Good. Come on, kids. Get your butts in the car. Go. Don't you want to look at the Grand Canyon? Yeah. And that's it. That's how most of us are. We're bored with the things of God. And we go on. I know. It was. We love Clark Griswold and family. I mean, think about it. Most of you guys know that movie. It's, it's Vacation. They're choosing a theme park over the Grand Canyon. Theme park where there's like, it's 110 degrees on that. Why do they use black asphalt at theme parks? Why? But there it is, and it's blazing hot, and you can buy $5 syrupy drinks and ride rides that make you want to puke. And they're choosing Wally World over the Grand Canyon. And isn't that what we do? We were, we were created to be fascinated, and yet we choose a whole bunch of other stuff besides the things of God. Now, you might think, oh, Shannon, that's just a movie. That's just to be funny. That's obviously an exaggeration. No one in their right mind would ever stand at the, at the cusp of, of the Grand Canyon and just kind of do the hmm-hmm and then go. No one would do that, right? No one really. I'm about to tell you something, that if you are a lover of art, of history, you're going to be so grossed out by what I'm about to say. You're going to be offended deep in your core. As a 16-year-old with entirely too much freedom given to me, I went with a group of people to Europe for three weeks. And while we were there, we were in Paris. And I spent a grand total of 27 minutes in the Louvre the Louvre. You know that famous place with all those paintings and statues and things. And then I left promptly because I'd already gotten out my map of Paris and I had found the nearest Burger King. <laughs> and so I led my little group on to Burger King because in my 16.75 years of wisdom, I concluded that I'd seen enough statues of naked people and portraits and fountains and cathedrals, and I'd had enough, and it was time for a Burger King chicken sandwich, and then we were going to plan out whatever discotheque we could go to that night. That's like a club, for those of you that don't know. That's what they, that's what they call it. That's what they call it over there in Europe. They're like, gosh, she's really old if she calls it a discotheque. But it's... I mean, I was much more interested in a Burger King chicken sandwich than I was in just this amazing 
historical art. We do this, don't we? We choose things that are really just so trivial and so just distracting at best. When God has placed within us a a desire, a fascination in him, and we seek out just the minor things, the side things, the side shows. And I want us to hear this today, and I will hear it again. Because in our world of distractions and counterfeits, I think we've become unavailable to truly be fascinated by God. I think we've programmed ourselves to be unavailable to be fascinated by him. And that's really sad. And the best news I can tell you is I'm thankful that, that God doesn't say, well, you've made yourself unavailable, so no more. No, he, he desires for us to return to him. He desires for us to be re-fascinated, if that's a word, with him. And at some level, this longing to be fascinated, I believe it exists in each and every heart. No matter where you find yourself right now on the grand scale of, of, of your relationship with God, on your spiritual journey, I believe that there is a fascination, I mean, a, a longing to be fascinated by God that is deep, deep inside of you. And you may have been trying to meet this and satisfy this longing all along, and you just didn't realize it. But there is a longing for fascination. And as with all these uh, longings we're going to look at in the series, the problem is not, oh, well, if I just didn't have these longings, then I wouldn't try to satisfy them. So why did God give me the longings? It's really his fault that I'm trying to satisfy these longings in illegitimate ways. And that's not the problem. The problem is not that we have longings. The problem is in how we try to satisfy them apart from God. Apart from God. And so the more that we increase our intake of entertainment and the trivial things, I think we dull our capacity to be fascinated by God. I mean, just think about that. Are, are you dull right now in your fascination with God? Are we mesmerized? Are we, are we caught up? I mean, have you ever, this is something I've thought about, but maybe it's because of the job I have, but have you ever thought and stopped and wondered about why sometimes we, we kind of, uh, sometimes or oftentimes or maybe all the time, we kind of just glaze over in church, just glaze over. I've wondered that when I'm looking out sometimes into a sea of donuts, just glazed. <laughs> and it, because here's here's what I think: how it, it's it's not baffling to me, but how is it that we focus in with laser intensity on a football game? I don't know how many wives said this yesterday, but you know what I said to my husband? I can't wait for game day. And I didn't mean like a particular game that's coming up. I meant like ESPN college game day. I mean, I am ready for it. I'm so excited. I don't know how many wives said that yesterday, but I said it because I, I love college football. And we can laser focus in on a game or, or we can laser focus in on a movie, right? Just give it all to God or, or a video game. We've got some gamers in here and you can just lose yourself. I know if my husband's playing a game and, I, and, and he'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll do it in about five minutes. I know that that's five minutes in real world or in his world is like 35 minutes. I mean, because time just goes. You just laser focus in or, or um, you know, Grey's Anatomy, the world stops to watch Grey's or Scandal or, or Peppa Pig, depending on what your flavor is. 
because Mallory's all about the Peppa Pig. And I have to, like, get in front of the TV and do, like, a dance. Hey, I'm trying to talk to you, you know, because she's just in it. We can just laser focus in. How is it, since I've talked about boogers, I'll mention bladders this morning. How is it that our bladders can handle a two-and-a-half-hour movie? But it seems sometimes hard for it to make it through a worship service. People are like, did I go to the bathroom last week? Oh, no, is she talking about me? How is it that we can curl up and read a really good book, like 200 pages, like just like nothing? And yet, our Bibles are dusty. Why is it? Why is it then that, it's, that when we get together to worship together on a Sunday that, that we've expended all our energy during the week, working and going to school and running here and running there. And then, you know, Friday night entertainment, ball games, and Saturday, it's just a, a smorgasbord of, of entertainment before us that we want to do. Is it any wonder that when we come together to worship God that we're like a sea of donuts sometimes, just glazed over, like those delicious ones you ate on the one on coming in this morning? Why is that? Many good, well-intentioned people like myself, we can find ourselves often without just the energy, without the passion, really to be fascinated by God, to be fascinated by, by his church, to be fascinated in his presence, to be fascinated in worship, to be fascinated by reading his word, to be fascinated in prayer. We've lost that capacity. We've, we've allowed minor things, distractions, to make us unavailable to be wowed by God, to be amazed by him, to be fascinated by him. And if you're waiting this morning for me to give you three ways in which you can now be fascinated by God, you're gonna have to wait. I don't have them to offer to you. The reality of today's message is merely that we've lost the capacity to be wowed. We've lost the ability to be fascinated by him and it must be regained. And I don't know how that happens with you. I don't know what changes with you. I'm just going to ask God to show me. We need to be fascinated by God again. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen it, no ear has heard it, no mind has conceived it. We just can't imagine what God has in store for us. And yet, we think, oh, God's boring. Church, boring. Reading the Bible, boring. Bible study, boring. This is, this is what we've done. But I mean, Scripture says that we can't even comprehend how amazing he is. That there is, there is absolutely just... Is there any author out there? Is there any cinematographer? Is there any director? Is there any dancer or musician or vocalist? Is there anybody out there? Is there any scientist or, or an athlete? Is there anybody out there who could, who could ever truly fascinate us the way that God can fascinate us? The answer is No. 
The answer is no. And it's really, I think tragic is a good word to think about how we invest what limited passion we do have in things that simply do not satisfy. And yet God has put within each and every one of us a longing to be fascinated. No eye seen, no ear heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And so the more we increase our intake of, and and I thought about this, I don't know of a better word, so I'll just, the more we increase our intake of entertainment, the more duller our capacity to be fascinated by God is, is going to exist. And and when I say entertainment, I don't mean just like, you know, watching a movie or something on TV or anything like that, but anything that is, that, that, I don't know, entices our mind, that engages us, that, that causes us to want to know more about it, that's what I mean by entertainment. But the more that we just let all of that be what we're fascinated by, the less capacity we're going to have to be truly fascinated by God. Paul said this in Philippians 3.8. He said, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else. There is nothing that has worth to me. There is nothing that I own, that I possess, that I could have. There is nothing, Paul says. I count everything worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's fascination, isn't it? I mean, Paul is talking about being fascinated with who God is. You know, here's, an, here's a, I don't know, kind of a test, if you will. Is what if I stood up here, like I'm doing right now, and said to you, let me read a chapter from the Bible to you this morning. How many people kind of go, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll get comfortable. Time to check Facebook real quick. Maybe I'll just rest my eyes. I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm just going to rest my eyes. I'm going to be listening to the reading of Scripture. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, how many of us kind of go, a whole chapter, like an entire chapter from the Bible? That's kind of a test, I think, really, if you think about it. As soon as you hear that, what do you think? Like, oh, you know, it's just amazing that, because here's what we'll do. You hear that and you think, a chapter of the Bible. But some of us, myself included, will read a novella-sized blog post by a mom who does everything organic and makes her kids clothes and homeschools them. She's got eight of them. And she writes all these funny stories about what she's doing as homeschool organic mom. And we'll just sit there and read and read and read. You know, some of you can tell me the height and weight of an eighth grader somewhere in the state who is already committed to Georgia because you're on there and you're reading about it. You, you know that you know the projected height and weight of this kid because you're reading it. You're in there. You're reading it. You know, and this is what some of us do. We, it's, oh, but read a, a chapter of the Bible. Ugh. Maybe physically we don't actually do that. Some of you might, but... But we kind of, the Bible, a chapter, this is what we do. Picture yourself, though, in this scenario. Think about this idea of being fascinated, of being utterly fascinated by who God is. Being utterly fascinated by, by being in his presence. 
Because I just, put yourself in this place that I'm about to share with you. Put yourself in this situation. Revelation chapter four, beginning in verse one. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit. And I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. 24 thrones surrounded him, and 24 elders sat on them. And they were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads, and from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. Getting bored? God's so boring. The Bible is so boring. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. And day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. And whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship that one sitting on the throne who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. What does that do to you? Does that fascinate you a little bit? Does it just fascinate you a little bit to think about what it's gonna be like to worship God forever and ever? That sounds boring, some might think. To be fascinated to the point that, you know, John was so very limited in his, in the vernacular of that day and even in our day of being able to describe what this was. It looked like this, it looked like that to be in the presence of God. We just read an entire chapter. That was Revelation chapter four. 
It's like a little test, I think, for our spirit. Was I bored by that? Was I just a little bit fascinated by what that's gonna be like to be in the presence of God? Is it a little bit fascinating to consider what it would be like to worship him? Is it a little bit fascinating to, to think about John, a prolific writer, couldn't even really put into words what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has been able to imagine what it's really gonna be like? It's a little bit fascinating. I think it's a little bit fascinating. Your reaction might give you some insight at where you are with this longing to be fascinated. Because you know, you might be so overloaded with your desire for fascination with the things of this world, with all the little minor things, the theme park things, that you've become spiritually dull. There are inescapable longings, desires, wishes in the core of every human heart that cannot be ignored, denied, or pacified. They must be satisfied. And there are longings that each of us have deep within us, placed there by God, longings that exist for the purpose, the sole purpose of drawing us into his grace, of drawing us into his presence. Longings that manifest themselves as aches within our heart, cavities that need to be filled by him and him alone. And one way or another, legitimately or illegitimately, we are going to satisfy those longings. We're going to attempt to satisfy those longings. God is the only one who can truly satisfy. Remember that C.S. Lewis quote? If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And that's true. You were. We were made to be fascinated by God. And so the only question I can leave with you today is are you? Are you fascinated by God? Let's pray together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Father God, may we be fascinated by you today, by you tomorrow, and forevermore. In the name of the holy, in the name of the mighty, Jesus Christ, we pray these things.